Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Again today, after 33 years of leading a thriving church in Palmerston North and retired, again I want to bring one of my MOs, which is modus operandi. Uh, One of the things that has steered me and it's probably to do with Strength Finder. I don't know if anyone's done Strength Finder here, but it's probably to do with a discovery there as well as to why I'm so passionate about the subject I'm going to bring uh, today. And um, it's the way I've operated in my ministry, in my walk, in my life, in my home. And I want you to turn to Ephesians. This is a passion uh, translation. It's Ephesians chapter 5, 15 to 16. It is up on the screen. So you can follow me. So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but we live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day. Everyone say every day. Every day as you spend your life for his purposes. And as I've said over the last few weeks, I'm very keen on sport, and so it's not an addiction with me, Amory, you might interview her, it might be a different answer to that, um, but, I, but I, was, I was going through channels uh, at home one time, and I got onto women's golf of all sports, and, uh, because I wanted to see how Lydia Ko was going. Anyway, at that point in this particular tournament, the commentators zeroed in on the leader of the, uh, the leader at that point through the rounds that they do, uh, didn't talk, so Amy Olson her name was, but they talked about her caddy, a young Jamaican-born woman who had just been diagnosed with MS. And, um, and so they, apparently they had asked her if she was thinking about her dismal future with this disease. And her reply was fascinating. This is what she said. If I spend my time thinking about that, I will miss out on enjoying life now. And I thought, what a remarkable response. Because you've got to realize that over 90% of our worries and fears never eventuate. And with her, she would be in the 9% probably because of the science of, of the disease that she had. But she still chose, it was a decision, to say, I'm not going to muck my life up today by what could happen in the future. And most of us are plagued by that. Many of us are plagued. Some of us are um, uh, quite uh, weighed down by what could happen in the future. Today, my topic is the power of now. The power of now. Or the power of the moment. Taking full advantage of the opportunities that today can bring. Or as Horace, the Roman po- poet, said, Cape Deum, which is seize the day. Did I say my Latin right? I went to King's High School in Dunedin and learned Latin. I'm not, not sure whether it did any good for me, but anyway. <laughs> you see, the moment you're in right now waits to be seized. We can't live only in the past. It is gone. It is gone. There's nothing we can do about it. The regrets. Some people, there's two aspects to this. Some people live in the past because of things that have happened and it dogs them today. And they've got to learn to let go. And I believe that's a word from God today. To let go and let God. Some people have a fixed template of the past and decide that that's where everything was good. 
everything happened in those days, even in church life, that, oh, what it bring back the good old days. The Bible actually warns against that. It actually says it's not wise to, to think that the, uh, the days in the past were good. You can look it up. It's in Proverbs, one of, those, uh, one of those letters, Old Testament ones. We can't live only in tomorrow because there are fears and there are things that could happen, as I said before, that siphon back into today and paralyze us in, in the day that we live. Nor can we live in the dreams of tomorrow because some people dream, 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 but there's no wheels put on what their dreams are going to, you know, today. There's nothing, there's nothing done today. They're sitting uh, looking into the future. Stan Walker, the renowned New Zealand singer, wrote a book recently called Impossible. And it was his story of a highly dysfunctional upbringing and abuse and pain and then his highly publicized battle with, I think it was bowel cancer that he had. And he said this, I am the impossible made possible. I can't change what happened in the past. And he was talking about his upbringing here. But I am who I am today because of all that I've been through. So God, and this is a message to some of you today, God uses the rubbish of the past it's not a wasted thing. He uses it for compost in the tree of your life to bring, to bring out fruit. He brings the rubbish. He, he doesn't waste anything. He doesn't cause everything, of course, that happens to us, but he doesn't waste everything that happens to us. He uses it for fruit in the future. You see, we can dream. Of course we can. And I think I said one Sunday recently we could preach on having dreams. Joseph had a dream. Um, uh, and we can learn from the past, but we can't live in those zones. Do you, are you with me? You can't live there. The moment that you're in right now waits to be seized. Waits to be seized. And so um, I, I mentioned strength and I've got that thing called adaptability, which means the future is, no, is not a fixed thing. It's sort of, okay, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> John Walton, John Yvonne Walton, John won't mind me saying this, he lives his context and so he makes sense of today by, by what happened in the past. He, I'm not saying he lives there, I'm not trying to you know, be funny here, but that's, that's just his strength. Zion and Sophie, the couple that we transition to at Life Church, are both futuristic. So they make fu- sense of today by the picture they paint tomorrow, which is quite interesting. I'm none of those. <laughs> so... Um, and so we can also default to safety. We can be so safe that we do nothing, which means we become unwilling to take risks. But somehow, and we'll see these this, uh, quotes coming up, we all know that to play it safe is to lose the game. Theodore Roosevelt, uh, and I'll put this quote in because I think it's quite incredible. See, there's a difference between spectators and participators. We've got a country, I mean, we're a rugby country, aren't we? I watched rugby last night, didn't I, guys? You should have come in and watched with me. Anyway. Um, but it's one thing to shout from your armchair with your remote control. It's another thing to be in the arena with the, with the possibility of failure. You know, there's a Euro Cup going on. Imagine those guys who miss a penalty. They'll remember it for the rest of their days, but they can't live in that. (laughs) It's not the critic who counts, says Theodore Roosevelt. 
Not the man who points out how strong, how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The spectator. The credit belongs to the man who, or woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. I've just truncated that quote a wee bit. Who spends himself in a worthy cause, and there's no greater cause in the cause of Christ. There is no greater cause. Uh, and a, wor- a worthy cause, where am I up to? There it is. Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who n- neither knew uh, no victory nor defeat. I tell you what, you didn't become a Christian just to be comfortable. You were redeemed for a purpose, and sometimes it's not comfortable. And when you take a risk, that's what it is. It's a risk, but, but the calling, the cause is so great that his calling to you and I is to take a risk. So moments today, seize the moment, are an intersection between the past and the future. Moments carry the momentum of the past. So we're not writing off the past or the future at all. They're they're incredibly important. But they carry the momentum of the past and fuel the momentum for the future. And so to make the most of now is incredibly powerful and can change the future. Even, and I want to bring this up uh, shortly, but even in the small things. Scripture often betrays how powerful it is to seize the day. John 9, 4 in the message, we need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here. Working while the sun shines, when night falls, the work day is over. And of course, that great scripture, which that young Jamaican woman could well have been quoting, says here, this is Jesus' words in the Passion Translation, refuse to worry about tomorrow. I'll say it again, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Are you relieved today? (laughs) We know all this, but we've got to be reminded, that's why we come to church. We reset our system at church. You know, we've got to know even the basics because we drift. We, we waft away from those things which are our anchors. Paul says to the Corinthians, and, we, and I love your series, um, the, the Gospel of Salvation, now is the day of salvation. So if you're looking through, um, if you're live streaming, you look through the internet or you're in this auditorium, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off until things are right or this happens until you're deathbed because you don't know when that could be. Don't put it off. Today is the day of salvation. Make a decision now. The power of now. A man in scripture knew what it was to seize the day. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name was Shamgar. Anyone heard of Anyway, I want to drill down into his life and bring out the three points today that answer the question, how do we seize the day? How do we do that? There's only one verse that talks about him. He was the judge of Israel who came out of obscurity because he made the most of opportunities. So he was the third judge of Israel in the days of the judges and was succeeded by the prophetess Deborah, who was the fourth judge. 
and he referred to Shamgar in her in her song, Deborah's song. Judges 3.31, after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. My goodness. And he also delivered Israel. Great message this morning. <laughs> um, anyway, um, this is one of those verses that you could easily miss or just carry on reading after that. And it, Shamgar is not really a household name. In fact, you probably wouldn't call your baby Shamgar. You've got a new baby. Maybe we could say to Jess and Joe, good name for your baby. Oh, no, it's already been named. Finlay. Shamgar. But then it would be shortened and it would be a sham, <laughs> which would be a shame. Stop it, Ralph. I am full of, I'm full of dad jokes. It's all right. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> But anyway, there's a lot said in that one verse, particularly the end part. And he also saved Israel, the entire, he saved the entire nation. You've got to understand that these Philistine people wanted to wipe them off the face of the earth. And, uh, and what he did on his day, he sees the moment on that day, he saved his nation. He didn't probably think he was going to save the nation, he just wanted to save his farm. <laughs> he gets one verse but he has massive, massive impact all because of taking advantage of the moment. And the good news about these keys that I want to bring is they're in, within reach of all of us. Every person that's here, you can do them. A lot of things we talk about, uh, we can talk about is, oh, maybe one day I'll do this, but you can do this now. So he lived, uh, Shamgar lived 3,000 years ago. He was a farmer. He saved the whole nation with an ox goad. He was a very ordinary man who did great things. He made use of the world where he was. So an ox goad is a wooden pole, there it is, wouldn't like to meet that in a dark alley, um, with a sharp steel point at the end of it. And it was used to motivate the ox to keep moving when it was stubborn and didn't want to plough anymore. Some of you do not dig your husband or wife right now or the person next to you. In fact, there might be a special at Bunnings on ox goads. Could be a pink one and a blue one. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so he took this thing, an animal prod, a farm tool, and he slew 600 Philistines. They were all like Arnold Schwarzeneggers. They were very strong, very capable, and very cruel. It would be equivalent of one man with a pointy stick killing 600 ISIS terrorists. Now, you get scriptures like this, and you all, they're a bit bloodthirsty, but you've got to understand the context of what was going on. It was war. It was war in that date, and, and, and at that time. So he did this knowing that his nation was under threat. His family were being overtaken, and his land was under siege. So they would wipe out all the farms. They would take all the stock, all the, all the produce, and they would kill, rape, and plunder uh, on their way to exterminating Israel. And at this point, in this point in time, on that day, he seized the moment and saved a nation. You'll never know what you can do, the power of now. And I'm not sure what odds are against you today, physically or financially or relationship-wise. Whatever storm, remember last week, whatever Jerusalem is burning Whatever, whatever you have in your life that's burning to the ground, I'm not sure. But God is the God of the possible. He is the God where it's impossible to us, it's possible to him. 
In fact, Jesus looked at them in Mark 10:27. With people, it is impossible, but not with God. God makes all things possible. I just want to pause for a minute because I think sometimes we give things to God and then we lose patience with God and take them back. There's a great poem that I love and I quote it everywhere. As children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I took my broken dreams to God because he is my friend. But then instead of leaving him at peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help in ways that were my own. Finally, I snatched them back and said, God, why are you so slow? Um, My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Time to let go, people. Thrive Church, if you're watching on the internet, it's time to let go of those things that are impossible in your life and let God. That's a word for someone today. It's a word for quite a few today. Let go and let God. The three secrets of Shangai. We're going to pray at the end when we, when we go through these three points. For everyone online or here who need to let go, But I do want to, it's not a warning, I do want to say, in a condition to that, I suppose, is don't take them back. If you're giving it to God, leave it with him. He knows best. They that wait upon the Lord, we said last week, shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as an eagle. So number one, are you ready? You got your pens ready? You're ready for the three secrets of Shamgar? Here we go. He started where he was. He started where he was. He wasn't a judge at that point. He was a farmer. He would become a judge afterwards. He wasn't a top author or a top sportsman or woman. He wasn't educated at a, at a top university. He never had letters after his name. He had no big doors opening for him. He probably survived hand to mouth and he probably survived like an oxen's pace would be like inch by inch prod prod inch by inch prod prod probably listen to the cricket no he wouldn't be listening to the cricket um shamgar was a man of the earth a common farmer whose greatest item of wealth would have been the ox or the bullock or goat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, many people today are waiting for their position to be achieved. This is in God I'm talking about. Many people are waiting for their position to change or advance before they do anything, or waiting for the pastor to provide them. Some people do leave churches because the pastor hasn't provided them with an open door. It's not up to the pastor. They can give you stuff to do, but it's up to you to seize the day. Amen? The door is right, right there. And I always, I always say the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not the armchair of a good man. <laughs> Once you start, it's a partnership. We're walking with God. Once you start steps, even small steps, it's like the mist rolls away from the wonder of tomorrow. And then a doorway appears because you've started walking. Don't sit in your little spot waiting for everything to happen. Start today. Seize the day, people. 
A gift will make room for itself, it says in Proverbs. Jensen Franklin said, if you wait too long to find out what you're going to do with your life, you will find out that you've already done it. (laughs) If you want to be a missionary, start missioning now. If you want to be a pastor, start pastoring people in a small way now. Whatever you want to be in your life, start now. The power of now. There's a great verse in Zechariah. It says in 4 verse 10, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You know that you know, the little steps? Okay, I, I want to get out of my armchair. I'm going to start. It might even be straightening chairs in a church. Who knows? I'm going to take this small step. You know what's happened? happens then? God is the cheerleader. And he's up there cheering. Yes! He delights to see the small start. What does it say there? The Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Many people discount the small things they do or the position they're in, and they don't even realize that they come from God. The small, tiny things that you can do. They often say that when somebody opens a door or notices me or gives me a big break, This is a remarkable verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If I was writing that verse, a lot of verses that if I was writing them, I'd change some of the wording and it would muck them up totally. I I would say, you know, uh, so whatever you lead in church or lead in your organisation or worship lead or play your instrument to do what it, or whatever you do, do it. It's not. The eating and drinking are the smallest parts of your day. God delights and rejoices to see the work begin. He, he rejoices in the little things. Are you with me? Whatever. It's an astonishing verse. They're agents for the glory of God. And one of the enemy's great lies is that today doesn't count. Today doesn't matter. One day when you do X, Y, Z or whatever, then it will matter, but not today. That's a lie of the enemy. Today matters. The verse that we talked about brings us back to today. What did Jesus say? It's like a mustard seed. You can hardly see it. No one notices it. But you started Today is the day of beginnings, people. However mundane a moment may appear, uh, I think Erwin McManus said this, the miraculous may wait to be unwrapped within it. So the secret is to start today. Number two, he used what he had in his hand. So number one, he started from where he was didn't wait for the delivery of a career or a qualification to come. He started from where he was. Number two, he used what was in his hand. So his Shamgar's resources were very limited. He had no budget. He had no team. He never had Black Hawk helicopters or RPGs or, I don't know, Exocet missiles. I'm going back to a bit now. Or weapons of mass destruction he probably thought to himself, I'm not somebody influential, I'm an ordinary farmer, so I will start where I am. I'll start with what's in my hand. He looked at what was, his hand, what was in his hand. So I'm going to use the ox goad. His self-talk, this is what I'm getting at, could have been, if only someone would believe in me. 
If only, if, if, if only I had what somebody else had. Never compare yourself with another person. Your walk, your salvation, your coat of many colours is unique for you. It fits you. Whatever someone else is doing, do not grow bigger than, you know, oh, I'm better than that, or I'm smaller than that. Don't do that. That's not the way of the kingdom. God has given you an ox goad. He's put something into your hand. He's put talent into your hand. Maybe a good homework would be to list the things that you can do well. Go home and do it. Amen? God asked Moses, what's in your hand? And he had this stick. God said, throw it down. And when he used it, the supernatural happened and swallowed up the snakes of Pharaoh. I don't know what would happen if he didn't throw it down. When he held it up, he parted the Red Sea. The issue is not what you don't have, but what is in your hand. Stop focusing on what you don't have. I remember in my early years in Dunedin, my mum sent me off to a piano lessons. And I went up to about grade three or four or something like that. Uh, but it wasn't cool. And so I stopped. I thought my friends might laugh, you see. So I, so I picked up playing the guitar. And, it, and, and I could play it after a while, but my fingers were bleeding and I'd, I'd break strings and, and I'd do the James Bond theme. Dun, 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 you know, and do all those sort of things. But it was in my hand and I had no idea at that stage that God would use that talent for the years ahead, to, to sing to, 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 um, in the slums of Mumbai, to lead thousands of people in worship in, in Palmas North and Christmas in the Square, to, to be a worship leader. I had no idea at that point. All I knew was to do and use what was in my hand at that point. We formed a band called the Potter's People. Have a look at this. There we are. Look at Erin with the red hair. That's not, that's not a wig. That's her actual hair. And John Elliott's in Invercargill now. You know John with the red guitar. And there's a monkey up the tree there with a bass guitar. <laughs> you see, <laughs> it was in my hand. I, didn't, I was dead scared of talking. I've said this number of times now this week, over the last few weeks, dead scared of talking in front of people, but I could play guitar and sing. And that's what I did. I didn't know what was going to happen in my life. I didn't know I'd be a pastor of a church for 33 years and whatever. It was God's doing, and it's marvelous in my sight, in his, in his sight. Amen? And I'm not boasting. Please, I know I'm putting pictures of fish and things up and that sort of thing. I'm not trying to boast, but all I'm saying is God will do a work with you if you start from where you are and if you use what is in your hand. You see, in your hands could be hands of prayer. It could be a pen to be a wordsmith or a writer. It could be that sort of keyboard or a computer keyboard. It could be an ability to make things or to fix things. It could be an ability to make coffee. Where's that going to lead us? I don't know. Um, it, it could be an ability to build houses or to fix cars or to use scissors like Edward Scissorhands. No, no, not like him. Um, for, for, uh, uh, 
for, or milking cows or handling money or cleaning houses or taxi driving or teaching kids or nursing old people. That could be in your hand right now. And you might say to me, how are those things connected to the kingdom of God? And I might say to you, I have no idea. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> he started Shamgar where he was, and he used what was in his hand. Now, I just wonder if the band could come up now. Thirdly, he did what he could. You can only do what you can. And that's not a negative thing to say. You, can, you, you do what you can do because God's given it to you. I'm suggesting three things. Number one, you can pray, or A, you can pray. It is impossible to over-exaggerate the importance of prayer. Joyce Meyer said, replace worry with prayer. Replace worry with prayer. Prayer outlives the lives of those who utter them. Secondly, focus. Unclutter your lies. Paul said, this one thing I do. Jesus says, don't look to the left or the right but look straight ahead. People, don't focus on what you don't have. Number three, don't give up. Winston Churchill said, the nose of a bulldog is slanted backwards so that he can continue to breathe without letting go. I quite like that. <laughs> Start where you are, use what you've got, and do what you can. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening.